The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. It's The week is gone by. <laughs> I don't know where it went, but it's gone by. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to join in on the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and you'll see that we're streaming on one of our many platforms that we stream to. Um, click onto that, enlarge it on whatever device you've got it on, and then click on the icon for that platform. You can join us in the chat. Love to have you there. Lots of friends that are of like mind. And uh, if you'd like to do that and interact with them, please do so. We're also streaming live on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. Twitch at News Tycoon. Before it's News.com, top of the page there. And also on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Just uh, when you do your search in there, change it from videos to channel and look up Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and you should be notified. I don't know if we're getting some kind of censorship or if there is just some kind of delay or what's going on with Rumble. I've just noticed over the past week especially that our numbers are really low compared to what they normally are. So whatever's going on over there, you know, I know they're in growth stage stages they're adding different things almost weekly there's also a chat over there so if you're interested in chatting i don't get it on my main chat but i do keep an eye on the chat that's happening over on rumble so if you want to join us over there you can do that as well right above where we're streaming live is bradley's show from yesterday if you missed that you can 
replay that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And he'll be live this afternoon in this spot here on the right side of the page. Right above that is where you can subscribe to our newsletter. Again, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. Um, you get one email from us a day, including the morning show archive, all the links that we're going to have, videos, things that we're going to talk about today. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, by the way, if you would like to help us, and I'm sorry, I, for some reason my nose feels stopped up today, uh, so I'm snorting or whatever. I apologize for that. <laughs> if you would like to, uh, to, to help us out, we never ask you for money. We just tell you, you know, it costs money to do what we do. And if you want to help us in supporting us, and many of you do, and we're thankful to you uh, for your support because, you know, without prayers, without the financial support, without, you know, you guys being there in the chat every day, I mean, it's like coming into family. I've told you guys, sometimes we have church in here. Uh, we should be having church every day, but uh, sometimes it feels like it more than others. And uh, it's always great to have that kind of support. If you'd like to do that financially, there's a donate button at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. Click on that. And um, you can support us that way, or you can partner with us as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also at the top. That's monthly supporters. And you get some goodies in that, too, as well as some uh, stuff that you kind of get out, uh, discounts and things of that nature in the store, which, by the way, our store button is there on sonslibertymedia.com. This week, we're highlighting the Prayer That Rocked the Capitol DVD. So if you've been looking at this or you're interested in what is this all about, this is from 10 years ago, actually. Uh, when Bradley went to the Minnesota State House, offered a prayer. He was invited to do that. It was a very simple prayer. It wasn't anything targeted at anybody. You know, it wasn't this thing of calling out certain people for their sins and crimes or any of this other. It was just a simple prayer. And within an, <laughs> within an hour, uh, 2,000 of the Mockingbird corporate-owned media outlets across the country covered it, and they were slanting it towards him as somehow... He was some kind of a bigot. He was this, that, and the other, and he just offered a simple prayer. This tells, this should show you, if you don't have your eyes open to what's going on, this should show you exactly what the Mockingbird media is. It is, I don't know any other way to say it, it's the mouthpiece of the devil. There's no doubt about it. Uh, lies are spewed forth because why? They are of their father, the devil, who is a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer from the beginning. Um, and so anyway, if you're interested in checking this video out, it's 10% off this week. When you put it in your cart, you go through the store and you use the promo code ROCK, R-O-C-K. At the uh, checkout, you'll get 10% off this DVD, but that's only through tomorrow night, Saturday night at midnight. So if you want to get that, do that. And let me say this. There are people who often catch the replay Whatever platform you're on, and you go, why do I have to sit through five minutes of thing? Well, you sit through five minutes because we start the stream right at the top of the hour. We start the radio show at five after, and uh, one of the one of the things is is that we have that time so people can come in before the show starts. They can if they're wanting to watch on the video platforms, and uh, and and stabilize the stream. So if you're watching on a replay, guess what? That little thing at the bottom. You can scrub past all the the formalities. <laughs> you get to the meat of what we've got. Just want to let people know who are who join in with that because I see people all the time saying that, and it's like, do you not see that little bar? You can you know you can scrub past all the stuff you don't want to see there. Uh, anyway, just throwing that out, out there to you. Today we're going to be talking about school boards again. Um, in the news, I mean, this is we've been covering all kinds of school boards, especially parents who are finally. They're, they're getting it. They're getting that the school boards work for them. They, the school boards are not elected to be tyrants, to dictate to parents and children everything under the sun that they want to dictate. They're to be those who guard, they're supposed to, guard and protect the children as far as what they're indoctrinated with. Because that's what these are, guys. Let's just say it for what it is. The public school system is a public indoctrination system. That's what it is. And it is one devoid of our creator. There's no reference to the creator. There's no reference to his word like there used to be in American schools. And so they've become status schools. And therefore, when parents send the kids to the status schools, they should not be surprised when they come out as status in their mind. Let me give you, for instance, because this is going to be tied to our guest, and then I'm going to, I'm going to use some other 
stories that we've covered because we've had Adam Heikla on and uh, him and his family, and Bethany's in our chat, they have gone out of even their own county and they've been speaking to so many different county school boards. Why? Is it because they're trying to look for fame and fortune? Well, you're not going to get fame and fortune doing that. But one of the things is, is they are inspiring other people. And I think one of those ladies is who we have on the line. And we're going to bring her on in just a moment. But before we do, I played this the other day. But if you haven't seen it, this is Amber Redmond. And she's very clever. (laughs) She knows they're going to use the gavel on her. They're going to try to shut her down. And she's got something to say. And so... She brought her own gavel, okay? She she took it back to the tyrants. And uh, here's Amber. Take a look and see what she did. From Eaton County and after, Ms. Redmond is Ursula Everell from Delphi Township. All right, I am here with a letter as well, which I will put my life on. has a lot more support than the first letter you've heard. Every one of these administrators and board members. As concerned community members of the Grand Lodge Public School District, over the past year we have experienced the board's inability to adhere to the wishes of the majority of parents and other concerned citizens on many topics surrounding our community. Throughout 2020 and thereafter, many feel the board did as they wanted while ignoring the clear desires of the majority of their constituents. With the firing of the previous superintendent came other concerns. The board's response to this was to take a minority base of a few hundred strongly agenda-driven voices in a community of over 31,000 people with no widespread data or input to form the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee and have it facilitate fundamental changes in our schools. The committee itself is biased and one-sided, and it has been advised by a racist fanatic, Dorinda Carter Andrews, at taxpayer expense, who was never vetted by this board or the community. If she was vetted by the board, based on her alarming public content, we would all strongly question this board's motives. The majority of the parents in the community have no idea of the EDIC's existence, much less were given the chance to have any input on it as it was inadequately announced to the community as a whole. The committee committee is not a true and widespread representation of the district's views due to lack of equal involvement, as members are primarily school staff and community activists, and a few of you board members as well. There's no real data or statistics backing up the claims of widespread and rampant racism in Grand Lodge. The EDI report and recommendations presented to the board in June 2021 does nothing to actually rectify any of the racism concerns that were presented in the Metcalf testimony, which has been the board's only basis used in this decision making. It does, however, promote division and a political narrative that most of the community does not want exerted on our kids and staff. The issues originally concerned with would be better rectified with better disciplinary procedures within the administrative hierarchy, as we've seen evidence of those lacking severely with no action taken against the teacher and board member who attacked, defamed, and made racist remarks against parents publicly on Facebook and in a board meeting. We strongly recommend that the Grand Ledge School Board vote no on implementing any of the EDI recommendations and vote to dismantle the EDIC in its entirety immediately. The EDIC promotes many topics political in nature, as well as sensitive to many families, which are best learned and talked about at the home with parents, not in a public school. Many of the recommendations border on legal issues, which will surely bring the school more lawsuits, including hiring based on skin color, promoting sexual ideologies, and teaching discrimination to children and staff. The recommended actions of this committee will cause further strife and distrust within the community, as there is a large portion who disagree with it on many levels. Through this past year, the board has consistently ignored what the majority of parents wanted for their children, which has brought our community to a breaking point. To continue to do this would not be good for the school or the community you swore an oath to serve. Many parents are fully prepared to pull their kids out of the school system to ensure their children's well-being and safety. The board forces this on our children and staff. We are also prepared to file lawsuits and hold the school and board accountable to the fullest extent of the law for these harmful and discriminatory practices, shall they be implemented. In only a few days, I'm finishing my letter. In only a few days, almost 200 attached names were gathered opposing the EDI. That's only a couple of days. Why? There are 
I'm, I keep hitting buttons here. Sorry about that. I love to see parents who are not going to take it. They're just not going to take it. They're done. It's up to over, not here or here. It's just where, and they're not going to take it anymore. And joining me this morning, I'm going to have to correct something for the video audience is because we're having some technical difficulties with the video is I'm going to have to bring up the picture is Amber Redmond, the lady who had this gavel here, who's speaking to her school board and it. Yes, she's got the Thor's hammer. That's what's going on. And uh, she's letting them have it. Amber, welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Good morning, Tim. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm going to bring up your picture big. It's kind of a a small thing here. I I don't know what our problem was this morning, uh, but we're going to make good use of what's going on. Tell us what's going on here. How, How did you get to the point where you're having this kind of an issue go on, where you're having to deal with your school board in such a way that they want to even shut you down. They, they want to tell you that, um, you know, your time's up. You can't have anything to do, uh, you know, any more speaking or any of this other stuff. And can you kind of walk us through what led up to all of this? Yeah, um, I'll do my best to, and hopefully it won't be too confusing. But I, my involvement started at the end of last year. And I started getting on these Zoom board meetings, um, which I wasn't too highly impressed with at the time. I feel that we should be in person to hold these people accountable. But I just watched these parents pouring their hearts out over not having their kids in school in person and the struggles that they were enduring because of it. And this board would just push them off and not, not care at all. And it was very unsettling when I was seeing that happening. And, um, my, the point that I became more involved was early 2021. So in February, it would have been, I noticed some BLM content on my daughter's, um, online learning page. The kids were all still in the online learning platform at this time. And it was very concerning to me. It was showing a map of the country with protests all over the country and all of them were pinpointed. It was asking the kids if they would like to provide an email to be notified of future protests. And so this was a huge red flag, of course. And I reached out to our middle school principal at the time. I was um, pushed off once again. He stated to me he didn't um, monitor content from his teachers. And so he wouldn't know if there's any kind of content or issues until after a complaint is made. And so that was a huge red flag for me. And it kind of took off from there. We pressed this board for a while to get these kids back in school. They were surveyed in August of last year, the community was, and over 60% of parents wanted their kids in person for schooling. The board never adhered to it until I believe it was around March of this year that they started letting them come back and they were never back in school full time before the end of the year um, at all. So it started with that battle. It progressed into as we found more information out there directly on our school's website um, with this equity, diversity and inclusion committee, Um, just very concerning racial ideologies. Uh, I was also told at a point that there's been gender identity used for facilities and bathrooms in the school for over two years, which I was not aware of as a parent. They were stating it was law. There's no law I'm aware of that backs that up, but this had been going on for years. And this stuff all started to come out just through research and questions. And it kind of went from there. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, let me ask you this. You state in there, <clears throat> and this is one of the things that we you know, really highly encourage. <clears throat> it's homeschooling, obviously. And what, uh, what we mean by that is just the family taking responsibility over the education of their kids. Now, you know, when you watch Little House on the Prairie or something, you kind of get this idea that the community had one teacher 
They taught all kinds of grade levels, if you will. They taught all different ages in one classroom. <clears throat> Excuse me. And <clears throat> the children learned as they went along. You know, if they were younger, they learned some things that they probably wouldn't have been taught until later on. And if they didn't understand them, you know, mom and dad's there to answer the questions. The teacher's there to help. But they basically learn the reading, writing, arithmetic. I don't know why they call them the three R's since arithmetic starts with an A. But anyway, they, they, learn, the, they learn basic, you know, functions for uh, how they're going to develop later on in life. And we know from our history, we can look at things like the New England Primer and things like this, that children in this country were raised up for the glory of God. Whatever they learned in school was to be used for the glory of God, whether they were going to you know, run at the sawmill, whether they were going to be in public office, whether they were going to be a preacher or a businessman or whatever the case may be. Whatever they were to do, they were to do for the glory of God. And that's really where all that kind of learning was the foundation for them doing those things. You stated in this that parents were ready to pull their kids out of, out of the school how many parents had you talked to? Uh, I'm assuming, obviously, you and your family had decided to do that. What was what was your alternative to that, that you were going to pull them out and sort of leave this public school board behind and say, we're not going to have any more to do with you? What, what, was, what was at least your p- position on that? And were there other family members that you talked to, uh, not family members, but other families that you talked to who had plans to do with their kids when they pulled them out? Okay, yeah, I think I understood um, what you're looking for there. And I'll start with last year, we're not getting exactly clear numbers from the district. I've heard a couple different things and I've FOIA requested some information. But last year alone, they lost three to 500 kids. We're in a school district of about 5,000. Wow. So um, as of right now, currently, yes, my child will be unenrolled. Um, because this is progressing very quickly with these agendas this board is pushing through and they're not hearing anything that we as parents are requesting for our children. So I will be homeschooling and my best guess would be at least another probably 100 parents that I'm aware of or families that I'm aware of will be removing their kids or have removed their kids prior to the start of the school year. I anticipate that will only increase as kids get back into the classroom are forced to be masked, which many parents took issue to when our board just passed that again. Um, Mind you with no mandates in the area currently. And then just as these agendas continue to get pushed through the schools further. So currently where we're at, We've already lost approximately 10% of our district. I anticipate that to be 20 to 25 when all is said and done. Well, you know, I say a hearty amen to that. And parents, get your kids out of the school, but keep holding that school board accountable, even though you pull out because they are accountable to you. I think this is one of the things that you see now. I think it's one of the things that, uh, you know, we had uh, a former Miss California. You probably saw this lady. uh, I think her name is Carrie Bowler. And she was one who went, I think, probably even a little further than you. She didn't have a gavel. But uh, let me get your let me get your comments on this. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but let me play this for you. And this is Carrie Bowler. Now, she's in San Diego, and she took a stand against her school board as well over uh, mass mandates and things of that nature. Check out Carrie. And uh, Amber, I want to get your comments after I play this little clip. Good evening. My name is Carrie Bowler. You see my shirt, it says Mama, and I'm a mama bear. And I know there's a lot of mama bears here tonight. And no one's going to mess with our cups. That's right. So you know. Uh, I'm a resident of Encinitas, born and raised San Diegan. And tonight, I'm simply here to tell you to unmask our children. We're done begging. In fact, we're done asking for permission. That's right. We are going to be unmasking our children today. That's right. The pandemic is over. The parents are done. We're done asking you, public servants, for permission. We are done. You can all wear your masks. In fact, you can wear two masks and three masks. You can wear gloves. You can have plexiglass. You can do whatever you need to do to keep you safe. But we, the parents, believe we have a choice for our children. And I don't know who you think you are, that you think that you have more of a say than us, the parents, Mm -hmm. and our doctors. Mm -hmm. I don't know who any of you think you are. I really don't. It ends today. That's right. We are declaring our freedom tonight. We do not consent to the lies, fear-mongering, and abuse. You all know it's abuse. 
leadership. This is tyrannical leadership, mm. poor leadership. Mm. None of you are willing to stand up for our children. This is why we are all here tonight, because we're fed up. We're done asking permission. We're done playing games. The pandemic is over. We are done, Andre. We're done. That's right. See the chairs that you're sitting in? We own those chairs. Mm -hmm. See these lights? We pay for the lights, mm -hmm. not you. And I want to let you know, Emily, you're up in 2022. Greg, you're up in 2022. Marla, you're up in 2022. And Jody, you're up in 2024. I know that myself, I would love to run for school board. And I know many, many mothers who are not going to replace all of you. So I'm going to promise you tonight that I will campaign against you. I will, I will fundraise against you. And I will make sure that none of you ever serve in a public space ever again that's right the time is all right amber that that's uh that's carrie now she's out on the west coast does she carry some sentiments that you're carrying when you bring your gavel in there to shut them down when they're trying to to shut you down oh absolutely and i just saw that video recently and she's exactly right on everything she said and they've these boards and even a lot of these upper administrators in these public schools, they have completely lost sight of who they work for and what they are to represent, which is the best interest of the children in these schools. And it's not about education anymore. Um, all of those things have been lost. So, yes, I completely agree with her message. And, you know, we we have processes we can take, just like she said, to vote these people out and get new people in but these things take time and right now at the speed that some of these uh, damages they're creating are progressing we don't have a lot of time so we found as parents that our most powerful resource to gain control over this and protect our kids is to get them out of these systems Amen. and like we've made these boards aware just because our kids are gone doesn't mean that we'll be gone we'll still be there to show up hold them accountable perform recalls and campaign against them to get better candidates in there that will truly do their jobs properly. Amen. You know, I, I love to hear that. I love to hear the understanding that we've got to do something now and that's we're going to take responsibility as parents. One of the things, Amber, that has often baffled me over the years, I've been doing this this kind of thing for about a decade now, is that parents will see something happen. They find out Islam's being taught in the school. Well, they didn't know it was being taught in the school. And they go in and they make a big fuss about it, and they keep sending their kids back there, trusting that the same people who who did the, who who do them to teach Islam to their kids are not going to do anything else bad, or they're going to bring in the LGBTQ or STUV WXYZ stuff to their kids, mm -hmm. and the parents are outright for that. They they go and voice their opinion. The people say, "Oh, we won't do it again," and so they keep sending them back in there. And that's one of the things I don't understand. If this was somebody molesting your kids, if this was somebody taking advantage of your kids, you would never put them around those people again. And yet, for some reason, the parents in America, after they've had their say, will stick their kids right back in with that the wolves can devour them. And I, I realize that's what we've been trained to do for decades now. And and a lot of people are waking up to that, and I'm thankful for that. You as you especially, I think you've had some influence there by the Heikalas. Do you, could you could you talk about that for just a little bit? I kind of kidded you. Bethany said, "Oh, you, she said that the Adam was a little too much," and you said, "No, he was probably a little too much for everybody else." But you were on board with what he was saying. Could you talk a little bit about the influence that other people have had on you to take this stand as well? Yes. And you're so right, Tim. And I've asked a lot of parents this, and I pose this question often is how, what does it take? How great does the pain have to be? Do they have to physically harm your kids? Uh, to what extent is the mental abuse not enough? Um, and even the physical harm with the forced masking. So I completely agree with you on that piece. And I think it's a different threshold for everybody there. Um, but yeah, the high clubs, they're great people. And I know when Adam came in, you know, he's, he's a big guy with a big voice and he's got a great message. And so we had our first in-person board meeting that we were allowed in over a year in early June this year. And I believe it was our second one that maybe Adam and Bethany showed up to. 
And so we only had maybe 20, 30 parents showing up at that time. And mind you, these board meetings have maybe five people coming to them before, mostly teachers union. And um, so I think because we were just getting some of these parents into this and kind of struggling to get people involved and wake up to what's going on. Adam's message was definitely loud for some people and um, they weren't comfortable with that. But as we continued in this process, people are seeing more and more that this is the way that you need to address these people to hold them accountable and remind them of who's in charge here. And um, so it's not, I don't think any of us want to have to come in and be this crass with these boards or, you know, have this kind of, behavior as as some might take it but what do you do when you're shut down ignored um shut up and disregarded for over a year Uh, where's the breaking point yeah and especially when your kids are at stake this is about your kids Mm -hmm. this isn't even about you they're targeting your kids with every one of these things and you're talking about the harm they're doing not only are they they masking up you know i've got a plan here to try to do something with uh, a local business uh, it's actually a corporation throughout the United States forcing employees to wear masks. And they're doing this with kids. And what they're finding out is the kid, you know, if you're wearing these all day, what do you think is going to be on that mask? Not just the the waste that you're breathing out that God meant for you to go out into the air and to, you know, as we learned as kids in school, when they used to actually teach this stuff instead of climate change stuff, you're, when you exhale, you're actually helping the plants to grow and be green. And then the greener they are, the more oxygen they're providing for you. So this is a pretty simple, basic thing. And they're doing that. And they're only doing that. Then they're going to the bathroom. They're getting all kinds of stuff on their mask from that. Um, just all kinds of, mm-hmm. of, of bacteria and everything on there. It's, it's harming your kids. Then they target your kids sexually, teaching them things yeah. they shouldn't be taught, uh, perverted sexual things. I mean, we got biology. That was basic, the basic thing in school. But you guys have had all this. Now, you also mentioned in your, your talk this thing. I'm assuming they're trying to push critical race theory there where you're at. Could you tell people what county and state you're in and what they were actually pushing that you were really addressing here? Yeah, um, so we're in Michigan. Uh, we're just outside of the capital area, out of, outside of Lansing area, about 10, 15 minutes west in Eaton County. Um, they're calling it Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. So what I've noticed in my time of involvement in this is that they use a lot of different words to guise the same agenda. And what it all kind of comes back to is critical race theory or there are all these teachings around race ideologies that um, there's oppressors oppressed and the oppressed. And there's a lot of shaming or demeaning based on skin color and um, a lot of focus on our country being systemically racist and essentially just a horrible country is the way that they painted it. Um, They're very vague in the way that they use these terms and like I said, they use many different terms to guise it from what I've seen, but it's all the same agenda and we're not having it in our schools. My, I mean, I'm part African by blood and, you know, it's just, it's so offensive to me that they think that they can just push these ideas into these kids' head. My child has had friends of all different races, I'm sure different religions, it's never been a thought or a concern to us to treat them any differently because of that. And they're wanting to create that kind of thinking and division in these children. And it's just so harmful. So it's under equity, diversity and inclusion is the term they're using. They just hired a director for the school at our last um meeting, the meeting that you saw with the gavel at a rate of $100,000 a year of taxpayer money as parents stood there and opposed it. And as they have cut disability services for children in our district and never offered much in the K through five level for advanced or K through six for advanced kids. So we're watching, not only are they, um, you know, perpetrating these agendas on our children and the staff at the school. It's in hiring and training, Um, but they're also taking funding away from education in order to do this stuff. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me, let me drop something in here. You know, we, this is part of what, you know, our foundation is the Bible. We have our constitution, but even our constitution is flawed. It has to be conformed to the, to the law of God. As far as I'm concerned, I think that's what it is because our representatives are ministers of God. And when you bring up this issue of race, you know, that really is sort of a, uh, an evolutionary view of man. Look at what Acts chapter 17 has to say. The God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temple made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life or gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he is made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. And you know, Amber, one of the things is, is we all go back to our two parents, Adam and Eve, that we all go back there. So it doesn't matter what culture we come from, what part of the earth we come from, what the ethnicity is, what, uh, you know, the characteristics of our, our skin or our eyes or our mouth or our bodies or any of that other is, we're all made in the image of God. So the only people who have something to gain here from this whole racial diversity, inclusion kind of nonsense that they're promoting is to divide the people. That's the only thing they have to gain for it, because it certainly is to bring people together. And I think you're seeing that. That's why you're calling out your school board, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the reason why I bring up the uh, point of me being part African by blood, which has never really been a thought to me much in my life, is because it's funny. I've been called a white supremacist more times than I've ever heard (laughs) in my life since I've started this. And it just goes to show that this is not about inclusion. Um, If it's about inclusion, you wouldn't treat people that way that disagree with you. It's not about bringing people together. It's not about equality, which we know there's a big difference between equity and equality, but it's not about equality amongst races or anything of that nature. Um, But yes, I agree with you that that's, it's a divisive tactic and, you know, it's just sad to see it be brought into these schools. And I don't think, I think there's a lot of parents that still don't understand completely what's happening and maybe they won't until their kids come home and tell them they hate them because they're racist and a white supremacist or whatever it might be. I I don't know, but I hope it doesn't have to go there. Well, I hope it doesn't have to go there either. And, you know, I had a friend from South Africa, they are Caucasian, if you will. And uh, they came over here, and they were at a Red Lobster, and there was a, a dark-skinned lady who was serving them, and he, he, showed, he showed her his ID that he's from Africa. And she goes, you're not African. And he goes, oh, yes, I am. And he showed her the ID. They were ordering drinks and stuff. And she, she about, he said she about fell out on the floor because she said, how can somebody from Africa be, have light skin like you? She was just amazed by that. But that's what the culture has uh, inundated the people with is that somehow there's this difference. And what they try to do is they try to pit white power against black power. Both of them are bad uh, mm-hmm. because they're trying to enslave somebody else who is different than them. So I'm glad you took a stand on that. Are there other things in your district that are problematic? You, you mentioned this issue on the on the race issue. Are there other things that you're seeing in the school system there that where you're at that you take issue with as well? I think that the COVID measures and mandates are a growing concern for parents um, probably around the country, but definitely in our district. Our district has been one that hasn't followed suit with most of the other schools in our county. Um, So if you go to our neighboring county, which is the capital city, they've been very strict on this stuff throughout all of last year and this year. And most of the district, other schools in our county are not doing what our school is doing. So I find that curious as to why our board continues to take that route against many, many parents speaking up. And even one of our board members, so I sent you this memorandum yesterday. So we have one board member that's advocated pretty well for the parents and students. And um, he's even pulled his own child out of the school district himself 
and this happened last year, but you know, he, he writes this memorandum to the president regarding the concerns and legalities on these mask policies. And I'll also add in most of our board members are either retired teachers or majority of them are attorneys. Many of them don't have kids in the school district any longer. Um, so, you know, you look at this and you see there's there's concern even coming from a member on the board. And he asked last time that this mask mandate be revisited. They refused to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think the COVID measures are definitely a concern. And the other thing that I mentioned earlier, too, was that I was never aware of is they've been allowing any child that identifies as male or female to use the facilities they identify with. And they're telling me they've been allowing this for over two years. And um, they're saying it's based on law, but we can't find anything except for some case law out there that maybe supports both sides of that issue. So it sounds they've just been doing this with our kids and parents weren't even aware of it. And that's been another big concern that's been voiced too, because um, I think there's many scenarios we could all think of that could cause safety issues or concerns when you allow male and female facilities and vice versa. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. In fact, this is this is part of the problem that I'm kind of ma- kind of bringing up is, you know, you're saying this has been going on for two years and you didn't know it. And a lot of parents don't. We've for I don't know how many years since World War One or so, the Marxists, you know, their number one attack is on the family to destroy the family. And in doing that, they start separating them out. They get dad caught up in the war or he's out, you know, working to provide for his family. Because at that time you had, you know, many men, uh, even if they had businesses, a lot of them had them from home. Most of them were would be working the fields and, and things of this nature to make sure they had enough to eat and stuff. So they get dad out of the home. Then they start getting mom out of the home. And then they get children into the public school system in a way that it never was before. And... So mom and dad, you know, for what, eight hours a day, they've got their kids in a school. They don't know really what's going on there. They kind of see some stuff that goes on. It's not anything necessarily harmful that you see at first. Everything seems to be going the same way. But the further you go along, the more and more mom and dad are just trying to make ends meet because of taxation, because of infringements of government. Uh, I've often spoke about the unlawful and immoral property taxes, which are often used to run these indoctrination centers. And so they they know their kids. It's not that they don't know the kids, but they lose sight of what all is going on in there. And then, like you said, you find out, you know, this has been going on a year or two years or something like that. Who knew? And you make mention of case law. Case law is not law. In fact, most of the time, we shouldn't even have to reference a case law because the law is very clear about what it lays out. So when you when you found out about this issue of bathrooms, what's been the response from you or the community regarding the bathroom issue? Um, it's came up uh, at a few of the board meetings, and we've emailed and asked in writing numerous times for upper administration to clarify what's going on there. A lot of times they don't respond to parents, the board, or the upper administration at our schools. Um, so that's been an ongoing thing as more pressure and questions have arose. But yeah, we just, we really don't know. I mean, they remodeled some of the bathroom facilities to make them more friendly, apparently, in the last year, year or two. And they've had this policy going on, but we don't know a whole lot more than that and haven't got much response from them on it. So it's definitely concerning. There's just so many things that you can you can try to remedy one thing, but then there's 10 other safety concerns for your child to where, how do you send them there, you know? And it's like you were talking about, Tim, the, the way the system is set up. I was a single mom for many years until very recent. So I I can relate so much to what you said about how parents are just so caught up in the nine to five and just trying to provide for the families and these schools get a hold of these kids and just take over and we're checked out. We don't know what's going on because we're just struggling to keep up. And I have heard from so many 
um, even single moms or parents that just feel they can't pull their kids out as much as they want to because work situations or, um, you know, that's a big piece of it. They feel they won't be able to provide for their kids um, and their family. So, yeah, it's it's a system that feels impossible, but we're to the point that we have to make some sacrifice because this is our kids' safety. This is their life and their livelihoods long-term and our future generations. And if we allow them to continue to be in these situations, I, I don't know how bad it's going to get, but it seems to be getting worse progressively almost daily as I watch this unfold. And, um, like I said, we don't get answers from the school a lot of times. They won't respond to us at board meetings. Their policy is that they don't need to answer anything that we state during public comment. They don't respond to a lot of our emails. So we're kind of just in a situation that our only option is to take our kids away from this and work to remove these people. Amen. I, and you've got to do that. You, you've got to to bring them to the law. I mean, that's the issue. And you've said over and over, we go to look for law and there's no law. There's no law right. for this. And even case law really isn't law. It's a ruling by a court that they call case law. And so that's really part of the problem that we end up with is we're, we're unwilling to hold them because it's uncomfortable to do that. Let's be honest. It's uncomfortable to confront people. Um, people think that, that I like doing that and I don't, I, I, I prefer that we all get along, you know, can we just do a Rodney yes. King and all get along here? <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is sometimes we have to confront one another and we confront one another because we love, that's the point is to correct. It's not to, to try to put somebody down, but to correct. One of the things, Amber, that we do on Wednesdays is we have our Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, come on, and she's often telling us how the state and the federal government are usurping their authority in the issue of education because they have no authority in that. And yet <clears throat> we always go back and remind parents, and some people say, well, you're going to Bible thump and this, that, and the other. Well, fine, if that's what you think it is. But eventually people come around to see the gist of what's going on. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So he's talking to parents. He says, You're supposed to have my commands in your heart. And then he says, And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. You shall talk to them when they sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and shall be as frontless between thine eyes. You guys remember when I talk about Mark of the Beast. What is it? Right of the right hand and in the forehead. What's that tied to? It's what you do. It's what you think. How are you honoring God? And it's right out of Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. And then he says, And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all goods, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord who brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And I think, Amber, some of the things that parents are seeing now is they've they've forgotten what God has said about these are your children. They're not the state's children. And most parents get that. But they're the ones who are the primary, the ones responsible for training, for educating their kids, not the state. But we've been trained in this society, oh, we just dump them off at the school at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. We pick them up at 3 or 4 or they get home at whatever time they get home on the bus and this kind of thing. And it's got to be where the parents start taking that responsibility back for the education, for the training and teaching of their own kids and that was that was one of the things that caught me about what you said. We're ready to pull our kids out of this stuff and and deal with it ourselves, which I wish more parents would do. And I'm glad to hear those numbers. 500 out of 5,000, that's 10%. That's a pretty big chunk of kids being pulled out of that system, I would say. Oh, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's only going to continue to increase. I wish that it was a little easier for some people to do because this is really the only true way to hold them accountable and most importantly, protect our kids. And, you know, it's, 
there really just needs to be overhaul of these systems at this point. And you talked about, you know, parents forgetting that these are their kids. And I think that's a big piece of it. I think there's a piece of, you know, we've been so ingrained to teach our children and taught ourselves to respect authority. And so we see these board members as authority figures or these uh, tyrants, as you called them earlier, in positions of power as authority figures. And people forget that it's not that you're disrespecting authority, you're holding them accountable. That's right. Because they work for us. And so I think there's that piece of it. And there's certainly the piece that people are afraid of retaliation. I mean, I know it's happened for me with my business. It's happened with, (laughs) you know, people get threatened. There's a lot of things that come of this naturally when you start to speak up. And so people are afraid of that too, reputation. But none of that for me and for a lot of other parents, I'm seeing it get to the point. None of that is more important than your child's life. And so people just have to remember that at the end of the day, when they do choose, you know, are deciding if they want to get into this fight or just continue to let these schools uh, really ruin their children, because that's what I see happening. Yeah, well, you're right to point to authority. I mean, the the parents obviously give authority to these people to do things on their behalf. That's the and and Romans, you know, thirteen tells us that those people are to do that as ministers of God. They're supposed to to carry those things out. And when they're not doing it, the parent has every right to say, "Wait a minute, we hired you." You know, we we heard from um, the lady in San Diego, and she says, "You know, we're paying for these things." We're, we're the ones who elected you. We put you in office, but you're not doing what you were elected to do. And when you're not doing that, that means you're, you're, you're violating our trust. Uh, in many cases, they're violating the law, and we mm-hmm. can't have that. And I think parents have, over you know decades, have just sat back and let it incrementally come in instead of saying when they saw it at the first place, they didn't cut it off. And so now this is why you're having the things like the backlash and stuff. Can you elaborate on a couple of things? Maybe you don't want to get into it too much, but what are some of the backlashes that you face? You, you said some things in your own business. Uh, is, are this, is this coming from the school board or is this coming from other parents and things? Oh, yeah, we've had it since early on. So this first um, in-person meeting we had in early June where about 30 of us showed up. We um, addressed our concerns with the critical race theory, masking, not having in-person schooling, and those are the main concerns addressed at that first meeting. And one of the board members um, actually went as far as, well, we had the board member that you saw that wrote the memorandum that's been the only one out of seven advocating for parents and kids. He had made a motion to send our kids back to school for full time for the remainder of the year, which there was only about a week left at that point, as a show of good faith to the parents that have voiced these concerns all year. And when he made this motion, one of our board members stated she would not support parents who don't believe that black kids are sidelined. So essentially, she stated that she would vote against her constituents having their children in school in person because they don't believe her the same race ideologies as her. Um, When that happened, we had a teacher the following day put out a public um, post, a teacher that actually taught in the school that my daughter, my child was in, put out a public post stating that the parents that were there were white supremacists. They were disgusting and embarrassing. Um, No disciplinary action that we're aware of from the school at this time. And I've had people go on to my business pages and try to uh, give poor reviews. I've had people send stuff through my business systems, emails that have threatening demeanors. Um, I've had people talk about they can only imagine how my children act, um, (laughs) which is amazing because my child's a straight A student and a very well-behaved, respectful, loving child. Um, so these, these are the types of things that have happened. We've had people that have had concerns with issues on their, on their properties, on their home that live more in town by the schools and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's very, you definitely get all the defaming comments and things like that attacks on your business. That's one of the first routes I noticed, but it's interesting because we've had it even come from 
from the school and from these board members to an extent and yeah. nothing gets done. And a lot of this started actually because our superintendent, our previous superintendent in the district was Amber, fired Amber, last Amber, year. Can you, hang on, can you hang on for me just a sure. second? We'll call, hold you over just a little bit. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Join us over there for the rest of this and we'll hold Amber over for just a, a little bit. Bradley Bone at 3 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. See you. Okay, wanna, didn't mean to interrupt you there, Anna, Amber, but want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And we're running up. I didn't know if you were going to go over, if you had a little bit more to say, but I want to let you finish your thought and then we'll close out the show. Um, yeah, so this Equity, Diversity, Inclusion Committee that was created at our school was created because our previous superintendent made a comment um, on a social media regarding George Floyd and stated that, you know, what, what happened started with him being a law-abiding citizen and had he not been under the influence or used counterfeit money, there wouldn't have been contact with officers. And that doesn't excuse what the officer did. It just eliminates the conflict to begin with. Our board voted to terminate this superintendent over this and establish this equity, diversity, and inclusion committee. So when we talk about um, different retaliation and defaming comments and stuff that have been made against parents speaking up, we see this kind of two-sided um, reaction from the district district they set this precedent that these controversial topics cannot be talked about or they will terminate people when it's on that side of the fence but when parents are speaking up they get called white supremacists disgusting embarrassing etc and there's no disciplinary action on these teachers or um, district members so it's interesting to say the least Um, (laughs) we're definitely in a, a battle here and that aspect, but that's kind of what we're looking at. Well, I applaud your efforts and I applaud that you stick to it despite these kinds of things, because, you know, this is how the enemy works. They're going to call you names. Uh, they're going to do all of that. That's the soft pedal. And if you deal with them, then it's much easier than when they result to violence, because eventually that's what it comes to if they're not yes. dealt with. And so we would rather, you know, look, I... I'm the last person who, you know, I, I read a lot of testosterone <laughs> that comes across and a lot of uh, uh, comments from people uh, about things. I'd rather it be handled as peacefully as possible. But the only way you're going to do that is you're going to have to either the people are going to fall in line because you call them out or you're going to have to bring the law to bear against them. You're going to have to make some arrests. Uh, you're going to have to bring some charges against people for acting outside of the law, um, because if you don't, they just become emboldened. We've seen that at the D.C. level, which I tell people, you might as well just throw D.C. away. We might as well dissolve it and secede and have our own sovereign states back uh, because that place is so corrupt. And I keep hearing people who are still stuck in the mindset of the right, left, red, blue, you know, Republican, Democrat stuff. So we need another investigation as though that's done anything for the years, uh, having the corrupt investigate the corrupt. But I applaud your efforts there. I applaud what you what you did at this meeting. I, I'm sure you've done some others and some behind-the-scenes stuff as well. Um, do you guys also did – the, did the parents get together? This is the final question. Did the parents get together uh, there, the parents in your community who show up there? Some of them were applauding some of the things you had to say. Do they get together throughout the week and have these conversations or do they get on the phone with each other and say, okay, how can we get together and we be of one mind when we go in here to deal with this kind of thing? Do do you have some meetings like that? Yeah. So we stay in contact regularly. Um, A lot of it's either via phone or social media, just with schedules. And we have parents actually gathering now too, to help support each other in homeschooling where we're being forced to withdraw our kids. Amen. Um, we're doing a little bit of both and the communication has been super important and bringing awareness and getting more people involved that know something's wrong, but just can't really make sense of all of it yet or don't know how far it's really gone. Um, and yeah, to what you said, Tim, hold them accountable by the law. I've got a lawsuit against this board right now. Um, I, we, we do stuff with legal measures. We don't have to threaten them. We don't have to defame them. We don't have to take those routes. We handle it with the law and we know that we're doing the right thing at the end of the day. So I know that, you know, there might be little battles that we lose here and there, but I feel confident that in the end, good's going to win in this war. So, Amen. And, and it should be. Are there any churches in your area who are supportive of that? They're coming alongside and helping? Yes. Yep. So locally, um, 
We've got one that I can think of offhand that's been good. A couple of a couple of them more in our town have not. They've kind of bought into the agenda a little bit, and uh, that's been a little disappointing to watch. But yeah, we do have one good one that I can think of in the area that's been supportive with a lot of the local schools. Amen. Well, I know our our church works with uh, the school system as well, uh, trying to get in and to bring um, you know biblical teaching to the kids as well, uh, to have some interaction with the teachers and with the school board and this that and the other to have influence over it. And you know, if I, in my opinion, if the church is not working in those areas, especially when you got like single parents who have kids and they want to homeschool. Uh, they they want to do what's right with the kids, and the church says, "No, we've got a building program going on here. We don't have time, you know, to help you out uh, doing what God has commanded us to do." And so, I'm encouraged to hear that you at least got one church there that's doing really well, and that you guys are working together. Amber, thank you for being on today. If you've got any updates or something like that, shoot me an email. We'd be glad to have you back on for any updates. If you if you come under attack or anything like that, this is what the platform is for. Come here. You can be a voice for yourself. And uh, any of the people working with you, any of the other parents, uh, the same offer is available to them as well. Um, Guys, we're going to close out the show here. And don't miss Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. I've got the Clay Clark. uh, Bethany was asking about the Clay Clark interview. It's only about 20 or 30 minutes, something like that. And so I don't have a place where I can stick it because the schedule's so filled up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload it to Rumble. And we're going to put it as an archive sort of a, a article like we do. We're also in this morning's archive. I'm going to add all of the stuff recently on school boards, parents standing up the school boards. We're going to have the interview with Adam uh, available there. We're going to have several things of how you can address your school board in three to five minutes. Um, that's from Corey Lynn and some other things. So be sure to check out the archive later this morning at sonsoflibertymedia.com. All those links will be in there. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. live from the U.K. with Kate Shimrani. Till then, see ya.